0: People that are doing amazing things, and it's so fun to get to know you. To finally, uh sorry, I, <laughs> if you guys can hear that. Hey, welcome to the Maybe You're Like Me podcast with me, Mike Burns. Listen, I know we're all more alike than we care to think. We've all got dreams, we've all got hopes, but sometimes we can feel a little alone trying to navigate in this crazy world we live in. So, this podcast is all about you and it's all about me and how maybe we're a little more alike than we care to think. Welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. On today's episode, we are talking to Kyle Sheely. Kyle is an author, he's an amazing dad and husband. And the thing I like most about Kyle is he has big dreams, but he doesn't let them stop at just being dreams. He pursues them and makes them into reality. You're going to love this conversation with our new friend, Kyle Sheely. Kyle, welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. It is so great to have you here. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. (laughs) This is fun. So on this podcast, uh, we're we're meeting people like you, people that are doing amazing things. And it's so fun to get to know you to finally... Sorry, I <laughs>
1: if you guys can hear that there is my office is right next to the square and uh, normally it's quiet, but like three or four times a day, some idiot with a motorcycle rides around <laughs> really fast. And it sounded like he, this particular
0: idiot with a motorcycle almost hit somebody. So that. I, I legitimately thought you were playing a sound effect and I was like, he coming just did in it again. With- he just, I can see, I can actually
1: see, I don't know what he's doing. It's so annoying because I actually, I record a lot of audio in here. Um, I do podcasts with interviews with other people. I'm working on my own podcast and a couple times a day I, and I never know when it's just whenever people decide they want to ride their motorcycle through the square it, uh it completely shuts down the whole operation. So apologies.
0: I think he's gone. Hopefully he doesn't come back. I, I legitimately <laughs> thought that you, like that in my ears, that sounded like you played like an old timey radio, like car crash <laughs> sound effect. That was incredible. It did.
1: It was spot on.
0: Yeah. He, he really nailed it. Uh, but no, that was, that was uh, real life. I, I'm in my brain deciding right now whether I should keep this and just make this the intro <laughs> of the podcast or go from there. It's up to you, man.
1: <laughs> Feel free to start over if you'd like.
0: Oh, no, you know, we're in it now. <laughs> Kyle, I'm so happy you're here. Uh, motorcycle crashes or not. I'm happy that you're here on the podcast today. That's fantastic for me. I'm loving this. So... um <laughs> Kyle, uh, for people that may not have bumped into you yet, who is Kyle Sheeley? Oh, man, that's a great question.
1: Uh, <laughs> I would say my my email signature says author, speaker and champion of crazy ideas. I think that mostly sums up sort of my public facing persona. Uh, I write books, I give keynote speeches and then I
0: chase crazy ideas. Yeah. That's one of the things that initially attracted me to you is you seem like you're one of those guys that you don't just have ideas, but you chase them and you actually do them. And I love that about you. So, um, so for me to get to finally meet you, because I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've put on the internet and it's just so much, it's full of fun and whimsy and joy. And I think we could all use a little bit more of that. So I'm happy to finally like get to talk to the person behind, behind the, uh, the TikTok and the Instagram. So Yeah. Awesome, man. I mean, I,
1: I, I never really realized that, that that was something that was special about me until other people pointed it out. The exact thing, thing that you just said of a lot of people have ideas, but you do the ideas. And so that's, I've always just been a guy who chased my crazy ideas
0: and, uh, and they've taken me to some pretty wild places. That's really cool, man. So, now on the podcast it's called Maybe You're Like Me and so the whole real goal is to get past uh, like the Instagram filters, to get past the the feed that we see of people and get to know the person behind the camera, behind uh, what we see online. And so to get past that, we have to talk about what that is. So, if somebody's following you on Instagram or TikTok, who is the Kyle they're seeing? Um, I mean, they're mostly
1: seeing the the crazy ideas side of things. So, usually Uh, When we were talking right before we started recording, I asked how you found me and you said that you had seen a video of me on TikTok of uh, me doing it was a Photoshop project that I did for my dad. So my there's this picture that has been in my parents' house for going on 35 years now. And uh, <laughs> it's just an kind of Olin Mills Sears Portrait Studio style of picture. Everyone's dressed very nicely. Everyone is sitting up straight. And for some reason, the photographer asked my dad to tilt his head. And so my dad's head is that like, almost a comical angle. Um, and because of that, he hates this picture. Uh, everyone else looks normal and he looks, you know, like he has something wrong with his neck. And so I just had this idea that I was going to fix this picture. And I went in and I scanned it in when my parents were out of town, they didn't know that I had taken it down, scanned it in and then went and photoshopped my dad's head to be straight. And then I thought, Oh, you know, it'd be even funnier if I like made everyone else's head in the picture crooked. So I i mean, it took me like probably six or seven hours of Photoshop work to tilt every person's head in this picture and then make my dad's head straight. Um, I just did that. Because I wanted to do it. I, I didn't, I didn't think, oh, this will make great TikTok content. Because at the time that I posted that video, I had 17 TikTok followers. Uh-huh. Um, and then within 25 hours of posting it, I had a million. So that, that's like a just sort of micro look at the sort of, I just, I just have kind of silly ideas like that. And I always think, well, you know what? Why not? Uh, let's take the time and do it. And over and over again, things like that have happened where I will chase some crazy idea and it will lead to some wildly outsized result. So that's the kind of stuff that I post on Instagram and then just sort of
0: silly dad jokes and humor and, and things like that. Yeah. And you've written a couple of books, uh, the Viking funeral and, uh, uh, a pizza
1: with everything on it. Yeah. That's I it, mean, yeah, the, pizza. the pizza book is an, ex, is a great example of this. Like I always wanted to be a kid's book author and, mm-hmm. uh, and really kind of gave up on that dream for a while. Cause I'd been told how hard it was and how yeah. basically it will never happen for you is if you ever Google, like how to be a kid's book author, that's mostly what you'll find. Um, <laughs> or people who will say, I can, you know, self-publish your book for you for $10,000. And so yeah. I, uh, I kind of gave up on that dream for a long time and then, but couldn't, couldn't really fully let it go and eventually came back to it and had this ridiculous, like admittedly by my own admission, it's a ridiculous idea for a children's book about a pizza that destroys the universe and <laughs> ended up chasing after that idea. And it, it got published, um, two years ago and, and it's it, like in the middle of the pandemic, which is a great time to publish a book when you can't yeah, absolutely. do a book tour or anything like that. But somehow this book is like found its people and it has, I think something like seven hundred and fifty five star reviews on Amazon. and it's. um it's it was in their like their best books of the year and it was they put it in their christmas catalog and um and i actually just behind where your, the camera is i just recently received the, our first like international translation so i have my children's book in traditional Chinese, which is a language that I cannot read. So, uh, but it's very <laughs> cool to, to see this book that I wrote. So yeah, that that's a children's book. And then I I also wrote uh, another book called how to host a Viking funeral, which is about a project that I did where I asked people to send in their regrets and, uh, I would set them on fire in, inside of a Viking ship. So I ended up collecting like 21,000 regrets from people all over the world and, and built a Viking ship and set them on fire. So that's the story of that project
0: that the thing that's fun like we talked about it a second ago is like there's people that have these ideas but it's so cool that you actually take the time to do them and i don't know like i sometimes i, I wonder about like creative people like yourself that's like do they just have like a wall full of words and then throw like darts at them and whatever it lands on so it's like all right we're gonna do something with regrets and then uh viking ship and then like you're oh, let's just build a viking ship like i i never would have put those two together but i'm happy there's people out there like you that are making those things so Yeah, that's awesome. that
1: was actually how that happened was I it started with a joke, which was I was turning 30. This is six years ago. I turned 30. And as a joke, instead of having a birthday party, I decided I would have a funeral for my 20s. And (laughs) instead of a regular funeral, I would have a Viking funeral. So I built a Viking ship that was like 16 feet long and eight feet tall, built it out of cardboard inside my garage and I took it out in a field. (laughs) Yeah. And I set it on fire. And I kind of thought that would be the end of it. um, But some friends made a little like mini documentary about it. It's like two or three minutes on Vimeo about this process. And in that uh, video, they asked me if I was going to be sad to burn the ship. And I said, no, you got to let go of the past to make room for things in the future. And so no, motorcycle guy is back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He missed them. He, I know he, he knew that he heard that we were talking about him. He's like, oh, I'll I'll take a, a, one more hot lap around the square. So anyways, <laughs> um, that video ends up getting sent out and kind of goes, that was like one of my first experiences with having something go semi viral. It probably got 70,000 views or something like that. And I started getting emails from people saying, Hey man, your weird birthday project, like was strangely inspiring. And you made me think about the stuff that I want to let go of. And they would all kind of say the same thing at the end of their email, which is like, Oh, I just wish I could let go of my stuff with the Viking funeral. And, like a year later, I'm still getting these emails. So I thought, okay, well, if everyone wants another Viking funeral, I'll do another Viking funeral. So it wasn't so much that I connected those ideas. It was that other people kind of connected them through this kind of silly joke that I had. So um, yeah, yeah, it took two and a half years to build the ship and uh, ended up collecting. I I was trying to collect 10,000 regrets. I collected 21,000 regrets and um, it was was a wild, wild adventure.
0: That's so cool, man. Yeah, I think there's something to like putting a dream out there and uh, inviting people into it or people inviting themselves into it on this one. And, uh, and just like, yeah, that's, it's cool that people just come alongside when you put your dreams out there. So people like, yeah, I think it's like, I think ideas uh, that's part of why I'm such a big
1: fan of chasing crazy ideas, not just for myself, but like as a thing that I encourage other people to do, because chasing a crazy idea is sort of like you're sending up a flag that says this is the kind of weird person that I am. And then other people can see that and go, oh, I'm also that kind of weird person. And and, you know, I tell people all the time, like. Friendship is just two people figuring out that they're the same kind of weird. That's it. Like and then you connect over that. And so, um, you know, the things that you put out into the world are sort of your signal to the world of going. This is the kind of thing that I'm into. And other people, one, can find that and see that. But also they can be validated like, oh, I'm not alone that I think this you know, weird stuff is fun or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of the whole purpose of this podcast is to figure out ways that maybe you're like me. And there's a bunch of people out there that we feel alone in our hopes and our dreams and our our miscomings and our missteps. And so everybody feels alone and they don't talk about these things when we're all feeling and we all have these big things happening in our lives. And so um, the way the podcast works is we uh, have a couple rounds of questions. This first round is the first date round. Uh, Because like you were saying, like when you're trying to find somebody, uh, the, in this situation, somebody to date or somebody to be in a relationship with, you're trying to figure out, are we the same kind of weird? And so, uh, I figured out a long time ago that the best way that you can do that is, uh, by asking the right questions. And so if you're on a first date, it's, it's not just like, do you like the beach, but you want to kind of get to know somebody and get a couple layers down. So these, this first round, these aren't like, these aren't like second date questions. These are first date questions. So, uh, just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. So, yeah. um, Uh, I wear pants most every day. I would hope that you do too. Um, I didn't during the pandemic as much, but now, you know, now I do. uh, The world's changing. The world is healing. Um, But uh, in your day-to-day, what's something that you most often have in your pocket with you? I always have a notebook and a pen in my pocket. Um, Oh yeah.
1: Always like field notes. Like I have, this is my, uh, this is a brand new one. I just started this one, but uh, I always, have notebooks and pens. I don't have a pen in my pocket right now cause it's on my desk, but anytime I leave, <laughs> I, and it's this specific pen, the pilot G two Oh seven. okay. Um, my favorite pen. So yeah, I've just always, one of the things that people say to me is like, oh, I wish I had crazy ideas like you. And I go, mm-hmm. you do, you just probably don't have yeah. a system for keeping track of them. And yeah. uh, man, Motorcycle Guy is back. Um, this is gonna be the theme of this episode is-
0: have you, uh, have you given Motorcycle Guy a name? If not, can we do that now? No, it's
1: just, it's never the, it's not one guy. It's just like, this is just the place where obnoxious motorcycle riders ride (laughs) through. They just happen to come through this corridor, which is funny because I specifically got this office. I used to have a different office in the same building and I got this office to be quieter for podcast stuff uh, because my (laughs) other office was right next to the air conditioners. And so like when they would spin up, it would just be like for an hour in the background. Then this is like, it is normally, much quieter but then occasionally there's a motorcycle guy so well, listen, there's a saying uh, in motorcycle world that's like it says loud pipes save lives and i i want to make a bumper sticker that says loud pipes ruin podcasts." so throw it in the um, uh
0: throw it in the notebook <laughs> there that's uh, the next yeah. idea the yeah. um yeah. So, uh, motorcycles. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not, a, are, are you a motorcycle rider? I have been,
1: uh, I just, I have a moped right now, which is okay. uh, in need of some repair, but, uh, okay. it's a legitimate moped. Sometimes people use moped to refer mm. to like any small motorcycle, but an actual like legitimate moped has to have pedals. That's what the ped comes from motors and pedals. So it's like a bicycle that you can pedal or you can not pedal. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I have one of those, um, I, I knew you were a I moped purist and I wanted to bring that up uh, today. So I'm happy that we yeah. were able to, yeah. to get that up. So you've always got a pen and paper on you. That's good. Uh, for me, I've always got, uh, and it's something I picked up in the last year, but I always have a pocket knife on me. Okay, And, um, and like, it seems like the days that I don't have the pocket knife on me are the days that I need a pocket knife, and so that you need uh, to stab always, a guy or something. Yeah, yeah, it it happens more than <laughs> once. Like I'll I'll be in uh, the subway, and uh, somebody will duct tape my hands to another guy, and then I'm supposed to have my That's knife. The worst. Yeah, Michael Jackson beat it, Styles. But
1: I want to be a pocket knife guy, and I've been a pocket knife guy in the past. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it's just never like it's never come up for me to need a pocket knife in my day-to-day life. And the things that I do need a knife for, I need a box knife, like a like specifically to be able to cut cardboard accurately. Yeah. Cause that's something that I do. And a pocket knife doesn't do that. And then Mm -hmm. I've also, because I have carried pocket knives in the past, I've gotten pocket knives confiscated by the TSA cause I travel a lot. Mm, And so then I just sort of stopped carrying a pocket knife. Cause I was like, really I'm just running a one man pocket knife donation campaign to the government. And we, I didn't really, that wasn't a thing that I was trying to do. So um, I appreciate you kind of carrying on the cause for me.
0: Listen, yeah, I've got that on lock. And uh, if I ever need to take down a note, actually, a a suggestion for you is uh, something I did. uh, I I think I actually started in 2020 when I was starting to think through ideas and trying to uh, write things down. My ideas always come in the shower, and they sell like a shower notepad with a shower pencil. That's the best thing in the world right there. So you're (laughs) never caught off guard. Yeah. My shower is pretty big and I can actually,
1: I have the shelf in the back of my shower that I can keep my phone on and it stays dry the whole time. So, oh man. So it's, it's uh but that's a new, we just moved
0: into a new house. That's a new thing for me. Congratulations. Yeah. I am not brave enough to keep my phone anywhere near my shower. So (laughs) I'm clumsy enough that it would just be a bad situation. That's fair. That in my head and shoulders, it just wouldn't mix. It wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's keep going on this first date round. Um, if you're an action figure, uh, what would your like special, like either action figure ability or like the little piece that comes with it be? It'd be a hot glue gun and a piece of cardboard. <laughs> uh, those okay. would be my, my two
1: things. And maybe a box knife. Um, I actually have tattoos. I have, a, I have a hot glue gun tattoo and I have a box <laughs> knife tattoo right here. So um, I make a lot of cardboard art. And
0: so that would be, uh, be my, oh, man. my accessories. Um, I did not, I you've already got them on you, but that's that's fantastic. I didn't even think of an answer for myself and it wouldn't top that anyway. So <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> All right, one more in this slow round. Um, and this one is, this is a heart string tugger. And I just, uh, you can be honest here. This is a, a trust tree safety. Um, is there a YouTube video, a TV show, or a movie that like 100% makes you cry and it could be happy tears. it could be sad tears. It could be anything in the middle.
1: Um, there's three movies that I can think of that I reliably go to for, and two of them are for kind of sad tears and the ones for happy tears. Okay. Uh, and it's funny cause my wife will make fun of me for this. Like about once a year, I will come home and be like, I need a good cry. And if it's a, if it's like a sad cry, it's the notebook or Forrest oh, yeah. Gump. Those Absolutely. two movies just absolutely wrecked me. Um, and then for a good cry, it's not really a cry. It's just like a feel good, uplifting movie. My Mm, favorite movie for that is secondhand lions. I don't know if you've ever seen that Has Haley Joel Osment in it. It's, it's a movie that like most people have never even heard of. And some people it's like a little bit on the cheesy side of movies, but it's like my top five favorite movies of all time. I've watched that movie a hundred times. It's so good. Um,
0: I Are the other it. two in the top hundred as well, or the top five? Uh, Forrest Gump um, and uh, I don't, no, They're not in the top the five for sure. They'd probably don't be in like the to top the twenty-five. Top five. Okay,
1: <laughs> I do like the Notebook. It's a it's a Who it's doesn't? a good movie. Yeah, um, but it's it's more like I don't know. It's it's a predictable. Like I know what I'm getting when I go watch that mm. movie. I think yeah. to be in the top five movies of all time for me, it has to be it has to be different than that. Like, so there's, there's the notebook doesn't quite cut it, but it's, it's okay, a good, okay. solid,
0: solid movie. Yeah. Well, now I'm invested in this. Do you have any more of your top five? My number one everything, is Forrest Gump. So that, that hit with me. So good job. Have you seen everything everywhere all at
1: once? That's a new movie. It usually That's yeah. I would put that in my top five. Um, sure. Uh, this movie behind me, actually, this is called Beauty is Embarrassing. Um, okay. It's a documentary about Wayne White. This movie is in my top five specifically because this is how I got into cardboard. Uh, okay. this, it's a documentary about an artist Uh, who he does all sorts of stuff. He was the set designer on like Beekman's World. And he worked on oh, he wow. did puppets and stuff on uh, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. And That's I cool. mean, just just wildly prolifically talented guy. But in the movie, he makes something out of cardboard. And that was the first time I had ever thought of cardboard as an art medium. And then later I got to meet the artist and he taught me how to make stuff out of cardboard. So like, there's a direct line between this movie and me having a hot glue gun tattoo. Um, And really like me doing the Viking ship and me doing a lot of the, the different artistic things that I've done, it came out of me seeing that movie Uh, It used to be on Netflix. I was literally just scrolling through Netflix one day and I, I saw the cover of it and I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. And it truly like no exaggeration changed the course of my life. So that's incredible one in there.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. All your stuff is way, way cooler than mine today. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and stop. Cause like my, like feel or my cry thing is you remember the video of that couple that they were getting married and everybody danced down the aisle uh, to that Chris Uh -uh. Brown song forever. Oh man. Oh no. Well, it's not going to make it. I don't think it makes anyone else in the world cry, but it's these people. And like, it's one of the, it was early YouTube, one of the first viral things. And, um, I don't know why, but it just like, they're so happy, like dancing down the aisle together, like not, not out of the wedding, but into the wedding. Um, yeah. And so it, I don't know why, but it just gets me every time. So it, please like watch that later. And if, uh, if it makes you cry, just let me know. (laughs) I don't want to be alone on that one, but I probably, yeah, I'll I'll check it out for sure. (laughs) All right. So that was the first date round. Uh first dates. I think you know what? I, I feel like we're vibing. We could uh we could keep going with this thing. So I mean, um, I'm currently married, but I appreciate the you know, the compliment. You know, it we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> me too. So I think for both of our wives' sake, we'll just uh we'll hold off on love for now. Yeah. Um okay. We'll uh, pass each other on Love Island uh, for next round. I don't know how that works, honestly. But <laughs> me neither. The next round is this. Uh, I call it the slow round. And it's uh, a little bit less uh, head knowledge and a little bit more heart knowledge. And so um, it's just to get to know you a little bit better. But uh, you mentioned earlier that you're a parent. Uh, how many kids do you have? I have four kids. That's fantastic. So um, that's a lot. It's too many. Some would say, yeah, yeah. I know I can see on your asking. face. You were thinking that might be too many kids, but no, no, that's- no. That's uh, You got <laughs> double me. So that, congratulations. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, from what I can see, uh, I, I imagine you enjoy your kids and uh, that, but what kind of parent are you and what kind of parent do you want to be? Like, if there's anything that you could think about on that realm.
1: Yeah. So I, I, those are, to be completely honest with you, those are two different answers. Like the, and I think yeah. that anyone who's honest with you would probably tell you that like the parent that I am and the parent that I want to be, there's always going to be a gap there. And I'm trying Mm -hmm. to close that gap all the time, but the parent I want to be is, you know, I want to be patient and kind and encouraging and fun. And I want to like always be there for my kids, no matter what, and never get frustrated with them. And I, you know, I want to provide them with everything that they ever want or need. I think the parent that I am is, a guy who's trying to do that. Um, yeah, I do love being a dad. I've wanted to be a dad from the time I was, when I was a kid, I always like, I always loved playing with kids. I like yeah. like my friends, kids. I it's, it's kind of probably good that like that I'm a kid's book author. Cause like kids just naturally like me probably cause I have the brain of a child. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, this guy's kind of like me. So I, I, you know, I, even now, like my youngest is five now. And yeah. so um I'm always like oh man I miss like the little baby and toddler stage. So like yeah. whenever my friends have babies and toddlers I'm always like oh I'll hold your kid. Like I'll be the guy that you know or I'll make faces at yeah. him and stuff. So mm-hmm. um so I love being a dad, but it's not always easy as as you know as anyone who has kids knows and yeah. and there's times that I'm like man I w- I look back at the end of the day and I go oh I w- I lost my patience or I lost my yeah. temper. Or I wish I would have been more this or that. Um And so the thing that I try to do in those circumstances is go back and let the kid know, Hey, I screwed up. And Hey, I I don't want to, you know, be this way and it's okay to, I I want them to know like, Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm just trying here. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that's the best that anyone can do. And I want them to see that standard for their own life is like, Hey, there's going to be times that you screw up and you, if anything, like the best you can do in that that situation is just try to make it right.
0: Yeah. That's uh, I think that's, should be every parent's answer is like, I don't have it all figured out either. And uh, if you ever do get it figured out, please let everybody else know, (laughs) because we don't. uh, You said you have a five-year-old. Have they watched the TV show Bluey?
1: Uh I don't think so but I've heard amazing things about Bluey <laughs> okay. from other friends. Bluey is like the kids show that parents like. Like I don't That's... know how much kids <laughs> actually like it cuz I and I'm sure that they do or also yep. probably wouldn't be on the air. But it seems like I hear more about Bluey from parents telling me that I should watch
0: it than I do from children. Yeah, I don't know how many conversations I have with kids about what they're watching on TV but um That's true. the um yeah on that show like the the it is a, honestly a kid show made for parents, and the uh, the parents on that show are goals. It's uh, it's what you would want to be, but at the same time, they're uh, it's realistic. Like there's a whole episode where the dad was on his phone the whole episode, and at the end, he realizes he was on his phone the whole episode. And I watch that, and I'm like, I'm on my phone a lot. <laughs> and so yeah, uh, yeah. Th- I think I think with all of it, if you're trying, then that's you're doing better, even if you're just trying. And so. A lot of times you can get down on yourself for having not missed the mark. But if you're trying, then at least you're heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And it's tough, too, because there's not, you know, you don't. then people always make the joke like that when you when you have your first kid that you're at the hospital and they're like, oh, this thing doesn't come with an instruction manual. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I remember I was pretty young. I was like 22, 23 when I had my son, uh, when my wife had my son. And and I remember like when they checked us out of the hospital, I remember thinking like they're they're just letting us go, like take this child and leave. And there's like I don't know anything at all about what I'm doing here. I barely know how to change a diaper. And that's because a nurse showed me five minutes ago. And so, you know, there's just a kid doesn't come with a manual. And then also sometimes like you get one kid and you start to figure it out. And then you have a second kid and that kid comes out completely wired differently. And you're like, what is happening? And, and so, yeah, I think we're all just doing the best that we can. And, (laughs) you know, it's, if you're, if you're even remotely trying, you're, you're probably head and shoulders above some of the other parents in the world, unfortunately. And so I, I, I'm, I'm trying my best and we'll see, you know, I'm sure that I will have things to apologize for down the road. And I will, oh, yeah. I'll do that
0: when the time comes. That wasn't me saying that you're going to mess up your kids.
1: <laughs> well, we're all going to mess up our kids in some way. And, you know, and like like every I don't I don't think anybody makes it out of childhood unscathed. And yeah. and that's unfortunate because as a parent, you're like, man, I really I want to protect my kids. And the other, the other side of that is. You're one, you're one part of their life and you want to be, yeah. you want to go, Oh, I'm a parent. I can, I can really make it. But man, somebody's going to rip out your kid's heart and somebody's going to like you yeah. know, hurt them on the, on the playground or somebody's going to not include them in a friend group or somebody's going to, you know, whatever. And those are all things that you don't get to control and you don't get to control how the kid processes that stuff and how they respond. And some, you know, some of the kids are going to kind of blow up at you and you find out, oh, that's actually, cause they are mad about something that happened at school that had nothing to do with yeah. me. Some of them are going to process it internally and just kind of be bummed. And like, as a parent, you just have to figure that out and navigate it. And the first 10 times it happens, you're going to be like, I don't understand what's happening. And then later you're going to go, oh, this is how they deal with this emotion or whatever, which is yeah. different than how this other kid does. And then sometimes the fact that kids process things differently becomes its own issue within the family, where you go, well, this kid did this. And you're like, well, that's because that's how they deal with this thing. And you deal with it differently. So I have to treat you. D-. I mean, it's it's that's one of the things I'm constantly telling my own kids is like, There's no such thing as fair. We're all doing our best here. And, and you just got to like, you got to
0: trust me here that I love you and I have your best interest at heart. And we're all, we're all in this together. Yeah. It's been, um, when my wife and I were getting married, we were doing premarital counseling and, um, the guy who was doing our premarital counseling told us that, uh, they had, they have, I think six kids. So, uh, they got you beat by a couple. So, (sighs) um, (laughs) that's, that's you and me combined. (laughs) There you go. Um, Uh, but, uh, so he was telling us about how his, um, he's got all these kids and he thought that he was doing a good job at like, like paying all attention to all of them, how they wanted to be uh, paid attention to. And, uh, one day his daughter came in the room and goes, dad, why don't you love me? And he was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. What are you talking about here? Like, I love you with all my heart. What are you talking about? And, uh, apparently she would always like leave him little notes and, uh, and he just, he never wrote her notes back. And so she goes, you never write me notes back. Why don't you love me? And, uh, so just trying to figure out that, Oh, that's how this kid is going to process love. And I, yeah. I need to be intentional in this aspect. So it's, there's a lot to it. There's <laughs> so much to it, man. It's, uh,
1: and it takes a lifetime. And I think, and, and it's also, you're not the only person learning lessons through all that. Your kids yeah. are also learning about like how to be parented and how to be a person in the world. Yeah. And you know, there's, uh, I don't know. Grace has to kind of grease the wheels on a lot of that. Um, you know, you go, Hey, you give me grace. I'll give you a little grace and, and
0: (laughs) you know, just, we got to all trust that we're in this together. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, moving on here, um, uh, when you put yourself out there and you do, uh, things that are big in life, like you're going to do things right. You're going to do things wrong. And, um, and not everything's always going to go your way. And how do you deal with regret?
1: Well actually uh, I wrote a whole book about this so that's how how to host a viking funeral is about regret and yeah. and it's about you know what I what I learned o- originally the the subtitle when we sold the book was Uh, what I learned from asking 21,000 people about their regrets. And uh, it it changed before publication, but that's like, that's essentially the core of that book. And, and so I I asked all these people about their regrets and then I read every single submission that came in. And through those 21,000 regrets, I realized that there's really only about five kinds of regret, like everything can fall into one of those categories. And so when it comes to like, what, how do you deal with regret? It depends on which of the categories it is. Um, gotcha. and, and the categories are beliefs, uh, relationships, identities, experiences, and fears. And the, I'll just sum up the entire book and, uh, you know, which you should buy and read it's available where books are sold. Uh, but that, <laughs> basically what it comes down to is the only category that you can really do anything about is beliefs because everything kind of boils down to beliefs. You can't change your experiences. You can't change your relationships um, on your own because they inherently involve another person. Um, Identities are complex and involve other people. Fears involve things that are outside of you. Really all you can control is like, what is my belief about this thing, this regret? And and a lot of times the thing that you need to change is like, what do I believe about what this says about me? um, and what do I believe about my potential and capacity for change going forward? So if you have something that you regret doing, like you can go back and try to fix that or you can say, hey, how do I avoid doing this differently in the future? But it has already happened. And so there's only so much change that you can do. You know, you can yeah. you hit a ball through a window. You can fix the window. But, mm-hmm. you know, th- there are certain things you can't fix. A, a word that went out and, and hurt somebody yeah. or, or a thing that you did that, you know, impacted somebody in a way that you didn't anticipate. And so, you know, it's kind of about, you don't let those things define you, but you try to learn from them and move on.
0: Um, and, and just try to be better going forward. sounds good. So, um, man, I'm, I'm so happy you're here. This is, I, you, uh, yes, uh, you got me tongue tied. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So one last thing. Um, so say that, uh, uh, after you pass, uh, you you get to uh, have a video cast to the entire world, and you get to leave the world with one one last piece of advice. What are you going to tell the world? Uh, what's one piece of advice that you would l- leave the world? So I had this friend who his dad always said,
1: um, "Don't take life too seriously because nobody makes it out alive." And yeah. I th- I've thought about that a lot, and I, I think that like my advice would just be like do the thing that you that is in your heart like whatever that thing is like I think far too many of us try to have like a justification for oh I need to like have a reason to do this thing or like I have this idea but oh it's not gonna make any money or it's not gonna there's no reason for it or whatever and I'm like the reason is that like you're a human being and you're gonna die someday and you will spend far more time being dead than you ever will spend being alive and so like do the thing that you want to do, make the thing that you want to make, write the song that you want to sing, like whatever idea that you have that comes into your heart, do it because you should enjoy the fullness of what it means to be a human being. Um, you will not be one for very much longer in the broad grand scheme of things. Um, yeah. And so that that's my advice for people. And and that's why I talk so much about chasing crazy ideas is because I'm so passionate about this idea yeah. of like, if you have a crazy idea that, that you think, that you should do, that's enough justification for it. When I was a kid, I, I was this really curious kid. I would ask, always ask my dad a million questions about like, why did this happen? Or why did you do this? Or why did, and eventually he would kind of get tired of answering the questions and he would go, you know what, Kyle, I, I guess it just seemed like the thing to do at the time. And I always thought that was really funny. And I also think, man, there's, that would be like the the most perfect artist statement. Like, you know, you go to an art show and there's always some really out there artist statement about like, oh, this piece is yeah. I made this because it was a response to whatever. And it's always like tied into some geopolitical thing or some deep esoteric thing. And I'm like, I wish that an artist would be brave enough to just go. I made this cause it seemed like the thing to do at the time. Like I made this cause I wanted to make it and I'm alive and I don't know how much longer those two things are going to be true. And so
0: I'm, I, that's why I did it. So that would be my advice. All right. I a uh, new idea. Let's do a no explanation art show. Um, just <laughs> art and it says I made this. And so yeah, the, uh, I love it. Sounds good. Uh, I'll set that up at MoMA and let's get this party started. Perfect. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think there, there's so much that people let stop them from doing the things that they, they want to do uh, big and small things. And uh, I like the idea of like hashtag do the thing, you know, just like get out there and do it. And, um, uh, you know, Bob Goff, uh, he was yeah. like, just like, keep taking the next step, do the next right thing. And so that, that's something that helped me start this. That's, um, there's just like so many things that I, I could have talked myself out of this. I could have talked myself out of messaging you to, to be on the podcast, but just do the next thing. And uh, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But if you can keep taking those next steps, you'll, you'll end up at what you're trying to do. And so,
1: and, or you might end up not at what you're trying to do, or you might end up somewhere that's so far from where you ever imagined. Like that's the, yeah. the thing that I've just found over and over again is that as humans, we're very bad at f- anticipating the consequences of anything that we do for good and for bad. And you yeah. see this over and over again. People don't like the, the, it's like almost a cliche at this point when someone has a video go viral that they, they always, in the comments go, oh, I didn't think this was gonna, I had no idea this was gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and and so like that kind of, there's this possibility, you never know what is going to potentially come out of a thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you should do it because you don't know. Because you're like, man, I. The, what's the worst thing that could happen is usually that yeah. the thing fails or somebody says no or whatever. But the yeah. best thing that can happen, you really have no idea because it's probably yeah. so much bigger than what you could ever imagine.
0: Yeah. The uh, thing I've been saying recently, so like I'm in a season of like, uh, I'm meeting new people, trying new things, uh, trying to uh, uh, meet new people like yourself. And so the thing I've been saying a lot is uh, the worst thing that could happen is they say no. The best thing that happened is they could say yes. And the medium thing that could happen is I just get ghosted for a little bit. And so like, there's no reason not to ask. And uh, like with all that stuff too, like I'm not going to say no for you. So if I, uh, if I wouldn't have messaged you, you literally never would have. Uh, bet on this podcast or maybe even heard of it and so the best thing to do is just to ask or just to keep taking those next steps forward and I don't know if it's going to work out the way I want it to but in the end it's going to work out some way so that's cool. Yeah. All right. One question we ask everybody on the podcast and this could be uh, from uh, the biggest uh, like brain thought to uh, you're learning how to tie your shoes different but what's something you're learning right now? Oh man, I'm I'm trying to learn um long-term
1: thinking and patience. Like my wife and mm. I we bought uh 5 years ago, we bought 10 acres of land that was this it's kind of like this land that I've always wanted to own since I was a kid. It's right next to my parents. I grew up running all over this this uh land. That's cool. And and then we wanted to build a house. And it was just like delay after delay after delay. And and we like the pandemic and then interest rates and, and everything. So we finally got into our house like two months ago and it's the first time in, in, really, as long as I can remember that it completely shifted all of the ways that we relate to long-term thinking, because this is Mm -hmm. like, this is the house I want to die in. This is where I want to live the rest of my life. And, and also even knowing that when we bought the land, there there wasn't anything that we could do. Like we were like, oh, we want to plant fruit trees, but we thought, well, we don't know exactly where the house is going to be. And even when we did know where Mm -hmm. the house was going to be, we didn't know, well, how far, like, Is a bulldozer going to run this over, you know, if we plan it here? So we just thought everything's kind of on hold with what we want to do with this piece of property until the house gets built. And then there were all these other things, even with finances where I'm, I'm a small business owner. And so when that's your reality. In order to get a mortgage, you have to year over year continually yeah. show an increase in revenue. And that's not a thing that's really that important to me, but it was important. I needed to get this house done. And so as soon as we closed on that loan, I told my wife, I was like, man, if this completely changes our like what's possible for us because i don't have to have that as my priority more and if i go hey you know what we made plenty of money we can pay all of our bills but i actually want to take two months off to pursue this other project i don't have to worry about is the bank gonna not let me have a house um and so so it's just shifted the timelines on everything everything's been like get this house done and get us moved in and now that that's done we're going oh what do we want this property to look like in 30 years? What do we want? What kind of stories do we want our kids to tell about this place? And, and so that's, it's a fundamental mind shift and it's really cool. It's a huge opportunity. i I feel very grateful for it. Um, but it's, it,
0: it changes the way that you have to think about everything. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, sometimes we get answers like I'm learning how to make cookies and I'm like, that's cool. But that, that's <laughs> like a, like a paradigm shifting life change that has happened to you. And that's really cool that you're like, learning to think further ahead. I, I think I've got up until Wednesday kind of figured out. And so congratulations <laughs> on thinking a little bit well, further I beyond that. I will say,
1: that. uh, when I learned to make cookies, that was also a paradigm shifting, yeah. life-changing thing for me.
0: So absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what, in life I, I cannot bake. I, I can cook things like that's more of a feel thing, but baking is a science and me and science just don't get along. So me and math, <laughs> that's don't funny. Get along, my, so.
1: my wife and I are the opposite. I, I bake, I'm the baker in the family and okay. she's the cook. M- my wife has never used a recipe in her entire life, which drives me absolutely bonkers because she'll make something. that's really good. And I'm like, how did you make this? And she's like, I don't know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I'm the guy who's like, I will follow this to the T so that I can make this exact loaf of bread again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two weeks from now.
0: So yeah, no, I don't know why somewhere in there. I just, I get dyslexic and every like baking powder, baking soda, there's too many baking products. And so it's just <laughs> not for me. It's true. All right. Uh, so this is the last round I call it the common ground round uh, and this is gonna be uh five this or that style questions um, okay. to see if uh, if maybe you and I are alike and so okay, we will uh you got your uh four by six three by five cards there. I've got mine look at oh Anna Sharpie look at you yeah um you are ready to go. all right so this one uh we're gonna softball this first one here uh for the rest of your life or uh, let's just do favorites. would you rather have cake or pie?
1: Okay, so I'm, I'm writing that.
0: these down, and then are we revealing them all yeah, at the end, or are we doing one? one right end? now. Okay. You ready to go? Alright. Yeah. You already got yours down? Here we go. Three, I'm two, ready. one. I got cake. You got pie. Ooh. Oh, man. I will, I will say, say listen, I'll eat either one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm i not a huge fan of uh, of cooked fruit, and so that, that takes out most pies for me. But we See, are that's, in pie my season. my wife doesn't like,
1: she's not like a pie person, or she's not like a, a fruit person. And she is a, like, my wife wants rich desserts. So she wants like peanut butter and chocolate. And I am more like, I like, I do love fruit pies. I'm a big, big fruit pie guy.
0: What's your favorite pie then? Are you an apple pie? Serious berry pie.
1: No, it's I've never a berry you probably never even heard of. Yeah. It's the best fruit in North America. And, uh, oh, man. and also you probably walk by it, um, all the time. It's like a tree that's used in landscaping and most people okay. don't realize that the berries are edible, but they're, I'm a big, I'm a big <laughs> in addition to all the other weird stuff that I do, I love like foraging and wild foods and learning about like the stuff that the environment wants to naturally grow that you don't even know yeah. about. So, um, discovered service berries a, a handful of years ago and, Like, it's blocked out on my calendar every year. Like, this is when the service berries are going to bloom and so, uh, and fruit. And so. Block off some time and go pick a bunch of them and they're like they're because you're using landscaping my my like big service berry spot where i pick them is a cvs parking lot where they're just That's like incredible. every tree in that parking lot is a service berry tree and there's i always get weird looks because i'm just out there picking berries in a yeah in like the middle of town but then i'll <laughs> introduce people will be getting their prescriptions filled and they're like what are you doing and i'm like try this berry and then every time they go this is incredible why why aren't these available commercially and i'm like i don't know
0: Okay, so, so I was about to ask, like if I went to my grocery store, am I gonna be able to find service berries or is that just now? Uh,
1: I mean, there are some specialty markets that you can buy them frozen and stuff like that, but um no, but they're they grow I think everywhere in North America. Um and, and just so about, you're making in, these pies? Yeah, yeah. And I will because they the the fruits are only available for like a cup like, I don't know, two or three weeks in the spring. Okay. And uh so I will pick I mean <laughs> just obnoxious amounts of these and then freeze them for the rest of the year. And I I make jams out of them. I make pies out of them, but all of my friends have now been introduced to service berries and all of them. Like they, they love, it's like the best jam. I give it out for Christmas and stuff. And people are always like, can I get more of this? And I've had to start kind of (laughs) rationing it because the amount of berries that I was having to pick was getting out of control.
0: And has CVS corporate called you and, uh, like asked you, like, no, they don't know anything about it. Cause okay. there's no windows at a CVS. <laughs> like,
1: that's, true. So that's true. They can't see me. So I'm always uh-huh. like, if they, if they uh, come out and tell me to leave, I I'll leave. And, uh, but
0: I've got other sources too, but that's, that's the main one. I, I kind of want to go to your local, uh, post offices. There's probably like a sign that says like, do you know this Barry burglar and it's got your picture on it. And do you wear a mask <laughs> when you're doing this or like, uh, that and like no, in a striped shirt? No, I just try to look as crazy as possible and then people <laughs> won't ask me any
1: questions. I mean, if That's you're just a guy picking berries into a Walmart sack in broad
0: daylight, nobody's yeah. going to talk to you. I'm not talking um, to you.
1: Yeah. So. So.
0: And also, I'm going to go ahead and uh, invite myself over in April, May-ish. And uh, <laughs> I, just, I just like just a bite. That's all I need. Yeah. So Yeah. You can um, have it. I know you, you're rationing. So I'll see you in <laughs> April. This can be fantastic. All right. Sounds so good. let's keep it moving. All right. So I, this one, I intended to be a tough one for you. But uh, after this conversation, I don't think it's going to be. Um, uh, if you could keep one of these two things, which are you keeping? Are you keeping cardboard or duct tape? And I think I picked the second thing wrong. I don't have a <laughs> full answer for this because actually, you know, what, I'm going to go. Uh...
1: Are you saying just like universally that the other one one disappears disappears off the face of the earth? Yep, Uh uh-huh. That's tough, but I'm- I mean I'm going cardboard, because, uh... Duct tape- I mean, duct tape's useful for a lot of stuff, but... I think you are fundamentally underestimating the massive impact to uh, all culture yeah. and industry <laughs> that would happen if cardboard disappeared. Uh, it would probably like tank the entire world economy because we depend wow. on cardboard for almost everything. Duct tape is like a nice to have, but there are 500 other kinds of tape that would be just fine. Um, so I, I didn't not, think I'm we're going to get that, into the world economy I on don't, this. Generally, I don't agree. I don't believe in like in like absolutes and right. And, like, sure, this sure. is a right and wrong answers, but you definitely chose
0: the wrong answer. <laughs> Listen, that's <laughs> on, on, that on me. That's on me. I am in no way, shape or form handy or as handy with cardboard as you are. And I didn't think about the world economy. That's on me. So <laughs> so everybody, when the, uh, the entire world fails, that's on me. So don't yeah, come at Carl, on, don't <laughs> me.
1: Don't come at me. <laughs>
0: all right uh reading a book uh, just for fun leisure time are you reading a history book or a science fiction book all right i'm writing it down i'd also like to point out we are over two right now so <laughs> <laughs> here all we right. go three two one i went sci-fi you went ah, history, history. Ah, <laughs> that, that's a tough one for me i like both um <laughs> If yeah, you can throw a, a good book at me either way, but like if I'm just relaxing, I just want to be taken away into the the space somewhere. See, if you had said fantasy over sci-fi, I'm not a big sci-fi guy. Occasionally
1: I'll read some stuff um mm-hmm. but like I, I you know, I liked uh I guess The Martian would be science fiction technically. Sure. Um yeah. and uh that guy's other book um oh, uh, what is uh, it? Operation exactly. something. Uh, Hail Mary, yes. Operation Hail Mary. That's a fantastic yeah. book. That one's more Glorious. sci-fi because there's an alien in it. Yeah, um, I really liked that book. No spoilers. But, um, yeah, oh, no spoilers. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm far more like my default is towards nonfiction. I always, sure. I don't know. It's harder for me to get into fiction as much. Um, a good history book that you should read is, uh, oh, it's called. Um, oh my gosh it sucks because i love this book it's called uh (laughs) the age of oh it's called the age of no (laughs) the age of ultron the age of wonder um okay and it's uh um looking up the author right now it is by richard holmes and okay. the subtitle is how the romantic generation Discovered the beauty and terror of science. And so it cool. is a, it's about like the second scientific revolution. And it's really cool because it feels like science feels uh, inaccessible to a lot of people these days, because in order to do like cutting edge work, you have to, you, yeah. you know, I mean, it's very advanced stuff. Um, and this book is talking about like, the time like when it, they talk about the discovery of Uranus and it was literally like a guy who built his own telescope and he built it like better than any of the like um society, like scientific societies at the time, the astrological societies and stuff. They didn't That's have cool. as good of, of equipment as this guy just made on his own. And he was like, hey, I think there's another planet out here. And they were like, oh, man, there is. And there's stuff like that in this book where like just everyday people are accomplishing stuff because science like wasn't that advanced yet and so it's it's a really fascinating book there's a lot of really
0: cool stories in there um i've read it two or three times now that's cool yeah like on like outside of this question if i'm just reading a book or listening to an audiobook i love me a good memoir or like a biography of somebody so i'm currently in the middle of uh bono's biography or a memoir that he just put out and that's a good time so pretty solid, uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of you too. So that is just all working together for me. So it's fantastic, uh, and it's him reading it. I I enjoy when you get the author reading it. So yeah, that or like that So, Dave so would you say now really that you have
1: now would you say that you have found what you're looking for
0: uh, wow, in that book? Wow, <laughs> you know i i would I would go down that road, but the streets don't have any names. Um, <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, we could we could play the pun game. We could do that. <laughs> All right, uh, superpower time. If you could have the superpower to either foresee the future or change the past, which way are you going? Oh man! Now, listen. Uh, here's what I think's happening in your brain right now, and uh, I don't want to like, do this either is- one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what I saw you doing was you're like, this is uh, this is another cardboard thing where it's like this is gonna ruin the economy. Like I don't I don't know, like. Um, Let's take it on the scale of uh, Back to the Future. Like we're we're just changing one person's timeline, or I don't see. I don't. I fundamentally disagree Uh-oh. with the premise. I don't
1: think it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the butterfly effect? You can't do. You
0: can't change one thing. Listen, oh, Ashton Kutcher is my life's uh, center, and so you're right. <laughs> I should. I should have thought more more through this one. Um, you know what? Just for fun, I'm gonna. And Man. do you got an answer? I d- <laughs> or are you just hating me in your brain right
1: now? I, I'm so... Um, okay, I, here's... I do have an answer, but it's kind of a cop-out. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying future, but I would choose to not... I would just choose not... Oh, look at us. We both did it. We, we finally but I got would, one right. I would choose to not exercise that because I think... Here's the thing is I feel like it's, uh, it's the whole Superman problem of like... Yeah. Um, that that if you have the ability to save people and like then you feel like you should be doing it all the time and Mm. you know like superman never gets in theory like if you if you are superman you should never take a day off because it's like well people are gonna die and so like if you have the ability to change the past um you should you like obviously you should go stop hitler you should go but then you go well who else? Like, do I have to stop every bad person in history? And yes, do, do I have to stop? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that becomes very. And and then you, I think the only way that this would really work out is if you had both those powers to be able to change the past and then see also how that would play out in the future. Oof. But I think you would probably just end up having a mental breakdown because you would realize there's no path that does not have massive amounts of human pain in it. Because uh, we haven't ever figured that out so far. So I and I wouldn't want to see the future because I think it would mm-hmm, just mm-hmm you just end up with analysis paralysis and you would just go like, Oh, I I shouldn't do anything. And then you would see the results of not doing anything and that's not good. So I don't know. I'm,
0: I'm currently going to change my answer to change the past. And I'm going to go back about, five minutes and change my not ask that question (laughs) (laughs) all of the above yeah it's uh either way all right one last one we at least we got one uh one alike um and if it makes you feel any better uh in the entirety of this there's only one person that I've got them all the same with and it was my wife so okay um, yeah don't don't feel too bad um you don't have to know me on that level all right and then the last thing is this uh the last one all right we are coming up on thanksgiving time uh, would you rather on Thanksgiving Day watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade or the dog show? <laughs> um, also, uh, I should have said this earlier. Please forgive my handwriting. It is atrocious. So, Oh, same. <laughs> Here How we, we doing go. Three, two, I... one. I went parade. Hey! You went parade. Oh, thank goodness. That is, I, for me, that is my pastime. Watching yeah, the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade.
1: It's see I'm I'm on Thanksgiving it's really just a matter of like what can I put on that's going to just kind of lull me into my mm. trip to fan nap Absolutely. Um, so I I don't like either one of the honestly like the parade is more predictably boring um, and it's like, it's, fu- it's just, it's like golf. It's just like background noise. Whereas yeah. the dogs, there's a possibility that, um, <laughs> I'm going to get into it and I'm oh, oh man, look, what's this dog doing? And then yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm trying to do on Thanksgiving. I'm trying to just veg out. So
0: listen, um, I want to see Jimmy Fallon lip syncing, uh, some song by the Jackson five. That's what I want. And so, yeah. And like for me growing up, my dad would go out and grab the, uh, the newspaper and we would get to look through all the black Friday ads that like, to me, that is Thanksgiving black Friday ads and, uh, the parade is on. So that's, that's what I want. That's all I need.
1: Thanksgiving to me is always, and I'm telling you this two weeks before Thanksgiving or something, Mm -hmm. and I still, it will still happen the same way. Thanksgiving is always me going, oh yeah, there's really only one thing to do on this day. And then like you eat and then it's like three o'clock maybe yep. and you're like mm-hmm. what is the rest of this day what are we doing the rest of this day yeah <laughs> there's nothing else to do and all the stores are closed yeah um and you're like should we i don't know watch a movie or something <laughs> and there's always a james bond marathon on and you're like i guess oh there watch you go this. it yeah. just feels like yeah, christmas is the same way like you do christmas mm-hmm. morning yeah and unless you're like a family that has like four christmases that you have to go to like Usually by like 930 on Christmas morning, I'm like, I don't know what to do the rest of this day. It's all uh, like all the stuff Mm -hmm. that we had planned was just wake up, eat breakfast, open presents. And you're like, and then no one's going to like, you can't do anything with people because it's Christmas Day. Everyone else is with their family. So there's always good (laughs) stuff happening on Twitter on those days. But.
0: You know, yeah, who I don't know if Twitter's
1: so. even going to be around this year on Thanksgiving. No one does. And if I had the power to <laughs> foresee the
0: future, I could tell you the um, <laughs> uh, a random bad story is uh, my wife and I. Our very first Thanksgiving and Christmas, our, our uh, anniversary or our wedding day uh, was uh, it's in November, and so we had just gotten married. In our first Thanksgiving and Christmas together, uh, we both of our families are close enough that we could do two Thanksgivings and two Christmases. And so I don't know why I just I just didn't pace myself. And those are like big eating days. And so on um, on both our first Thanksgiving and our first Christmas being a married couple, I got violently sick, uh, both like and like my poor wife's like from overeating from overeating. Yeah. It was like the definition of gluttony. It was horrible. And so ever since then, we're like, we're doing one Christmas and one Thanksgiving uh, per day and that that's it. So um, if you're looking for recommendation, just uh, take it easy on uh, Thanksgiving there.
1: I did once, uh, one time at a, at a Christmas party at our church when I was in high school, uh-huh. I, uh, they had a, a contest for like a prize that we didn't even know what the prize was. And it turned out to be a giant popcorn tin. Um, okay. and, but the contest was an eggnog drinking contest. And Ooh. I drink, I drank seven solo cups of eggnog. Um, That's like six and a to half to back to back to back. Yeah. I love eggnog. And, but I, then I am the next, the next closest person drank two. Everyone got through, <laughs> like people got through one and one guy drank one pretty quick. And then everyone else was just like sipping eggnog because it's so rich. And I'm literally just like hammering cups of eggnog. I drink six of them. I look over and the second guy is, he's like finishes his second one. I was like, you know what? Just to like seal the lead, I'm going to drink one more. So I drank seven and I almost immediately regret it. I mean, I'm like sweating and I just felt sick. And then I go, I got home that night, stepped out of my car and threw up eggnog <sighs> all over the yard. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, uh,
0: It's a lesson that we apparently just keep having to learn. I think the the end, if you're looking for a takeaway from this podcast episode, listeners, uh, there can be too much of good things. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. It's true. (laughs) Kyle, thank you so much for being here and uh, being on Maybe You're Like Me. Uh, If there's people out there that maybe this is their first time hearing from you, or uh, they want to get to know a little bit more about you or follow along with your adventures online, where's a good place for them to kind of get to follow you a little bit better?
1: Uh, I'm at Kyle Sheely pretty much everywhere. It's K-Y-L-E-S-C-H-E-E-L-E. Um, and you can go to Kyle dot com and there's a whole um, a bunch of information and, you know, a few higher speakers. Um, but also there's like a whole project gallery of all the weird,
0: you know, antics I've gotten into <laughs> over the years. Yeah. And honestly, like uh, take a personal recommendation from me. It is a great follow following Kyle. Um, it's, It's honestly inspiring to just see people getting out and doing amazing things. And so thank you for being a person who inspires even me. So thank you, man. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.